Hello and welcome back to the Hiring Advantage podcast. I am Chrissy. I'm your host, and I have an incredible guest on today's podcast. So Kim Kent, who is a money coach, a very experienced entrepreneur of many years, and such a firecracker. I had such an incredible conversation with her. And yes, she's a money coach, and I really wanted to talk about money because money and time are two things I talk about all the time on the Hiring Advantage podcast, and they are intrinsic and essential to your hiring conversations. And women notoriously, it's something we maybe struggle with. I've spoken to a lot of women in business who struggle to understand their worth. I say that in inverted commas. When we talk about hiring, we've got to assign monetary values to roles. We've got to have conversation with applicants about money and it can be slightly uncomfortable. And I dig into all the reasons why that is with Kim. But more so than that, we really talk a lot about motherhood in small business, which is really beautiful. It's just a really candid, really beautiful conversation that I know you're going to have so many takeaways but I really want you to you know take notes in this conversation really have a think about your money stories what money means to you in your business and then how comfortable you're going to feel having conversations about money in your hiring processes and we talk about that we dig into that there's some real positive solutions for this beautiful exchange of money and time when you hire and, and Kim's just an absolute legend with so much small business entrepreneurial experience. I know that you're going to love to hear what she has to say and it's a really fun discussion. So enjoy. I'm so excited today to welcome Kim Kent on to the Hiring Advantage podcast. Welcome, Kim. Hi. Yeah, so excited you could join us. And thank you so much as well for getting up early. We're in different time zones. I've had a little bit more time, but Kim has got up bright and early with her coffee to chat to me. So thank you so much for that. Uh, Well, I'm just like, hang on, do I need to scrub up? Like, are we videoing? (laughs) Wait, what's the deal? So I'm here, hair is brushed, excited. You're here and authentically yourself. I love that. So for anyone that doesn't know you Kim can you give us a little bit of an elevator pitch as to what you do for sure and I want to say thank you so much for having me on like I'm so freaking excited for this I've got so much to share so what I do is I help ambitious women get out of debt stop spending more than they're earning and start creating their path to financial freedom so they stop feeling like they're not enough and I do this via my signature money blueprint where I help them learn the mindset the manifestation and the management around money so they never have to worry about money again and who doesn't want financial freedom right absolutely and it's so relevant I think for this audience which is typically small business owners and typically female and I know you work a lot with those with that group what did your resume look like before you were a money coach I love this question because I'm like gosh the last time I physically updated my resume I think I was still at university yeah like 10 odd years ago that was like high school you know when you're working at hospitality but if I had an energetic resume you know I have not written <laughs> like oh I didn't ask can I swear on this podcast yeah you can swear like okay. within reason like if we're swearing every other word I've got to put like some expletive on it but <laughs> you can let the odd one slip out I'm just gonna <laughs> I certainly that. do yeah I gotta check that so my career's pretty much been in the last 12 years I feel once I left high school so I started working straight away I went to university to study health sciences and sports science and exercise physiology. Started working as a Pilates instructor and personal trainer because I couldn't get a job as an exercise physiologist, actually. Mm. I think available at the time. And I actually got into business through a girlfriend. I started in network marketing. Didn't know what it was. Really loved the idea of it. Really loved the business model. Started working for myself that way. Built that to the top in three years. So I spent the majority of my 20s building my own online business. Yes. 
really cool. I had so much success in it. Not to brag, but you know what? Toot my own horn. I did really well. I learned what you were meant to do. And trust me, I totally did all the wrong things at the start as well. And because I spent so much investing in myself. So I started to do the personal development seminars. I started to do the business courses. I started hiring business coaches. I started really putting myself through the trenches to grow me so I could grow my business. And from that, I found that I just really fucking love coaching people because I had such an incredible experience and transformation. And I was coaching people already inside my business Mm. to help them grow their own. It kind of happened at that COVID pivotal moment where everyone started to like do their own thing, but I didn't time it. I think it just coincidentally timed with the COVID pivot that everyone was having. And I started business coaching outside of my network marketing business. I started like business and mindset coaching, helping women launch their businesses, mm-hmm. their online businesses. Um, a lot of them were wanting to be coaches as well and launch their programs. When did I start my money coaching? <laughs> started 2022. All of my clients were like, Kim, tell us how you manage your money. You always talk about money mm-hmm. and, and the success that you've had and what you've had to learn because I had a huge transformation around my money mindset and implementing, learning all the different systems to manage money and heal the money trauma from my childhood. So I put them together to make see how it worked for me as a small business owner and female. And I started coaching my clients all on this and they started getting incredible results Mm. with their money. And then I decided after I had my baby just to niche down and focus on money. I love that. And I think, look, it's, you know, can I, I'm going to reveal a bit of a truth bomb. My resume is a shocker, right? So for someone in recruitment, I can write a great resume. I've written lots of other people's resumes. I review resumes constantly. I know how to do it, but I network all of my jobs, all of my opportunities have been through networking. So I can do it. I've got one. I can put, I can refine it easily, but I think you, particularly entrepreneurs, it's irrelevant. And I say, resume inverted commas to get you to talk through your experience a bit of an off-topic question but touching on what you just said where did mum life fit into these shifts because I think for everybody COVID has been a massive driver for how people do work differently and careers differently but also becoming a mother how has that changed how you show up in your business Oh, okay. So we could do a whole episode on this topic, (laughs) but how it shows up. And I think having that experience in network marketing and being around a lot of mums, because mums are the biggest majority of the most successful people in network marketing, because you can do that type of business from home. So I had a lot of leaders and people who inspired me who were kicking ass in business as a stay at home mum and like Mm. having the best of both worlds. So I always had this vision and saw that it was possible to be a successful business owner and a mum. And the thing was, I always knew I was going to have kids, but I always knew that I was never going to just be a mum. And Mm. full respect to women who are that, but it's just not me. Like I, I'm not, I cannot do it. I am purpose driven. I want to make big impact. And I think how it's helped me in business and having a baby is the years of doing the work on myself and understanding, like, if I have a vision for my life and I want to make it work, like, I'm the only person who's going to make that happen. I'm the only person in my way. And if I want my daughter to ever have drive and have ambition and see and believe in herself, I've got to do that first. So I've yes. got to pave the way. I feel very aligned. I feel so, so aligned to you. I'm so type A. I always wanted to be a mom too. I'm actually a single mom and my kids are really, really little. But for me, I think I've said this before on the podcast, giving birth, I felt like superwoman. Yes, you're sleep sleep deprived and there's a certain part of you that's like, 
knackered and you need to have realistic expectations but there is nothing more inspiring than your kids in my opinion I love that I am inspired by my kids my vision became stronger when she was born because Mm. my physical legacy now I'm like I literally have a legacy and that inspires the shit out of me but the thing is what makes me like it was tough I was sleep deprived Mm. but I have an amazing husband He's in incredible support. He's probably more maternal than me. Yeah. But look, a lot of wine got me through. As long as I had my, as long as I had my wine and I had my dedicated time to do some work, I am ten out of ten mom. Like I can parent the shit out of parenting. <laughs> I can do it all. I just need to like I use my business skills actually, time discipline or time management, the discipline, structured, not understanding sacrifice, all of that. I think the years of practice in business, I just apply it to parenting. Like parenting is a, it, they say it's a full-time job. It's a full-time business. Mm, I business so I just applied those skills and somehow it worked. Well, you're doing it all, but you're doing it all with the support. I think it's just having realistic expectations as well, right? Like, there's so many, so many hours in the day, you know? I only work in nap times now. I used to mm. be able to, look, I was a mum who was like, no screen time, no this, no that. <laughs> I was definitely that woman. And now I'm just like, oh, the wiggles, it's so nostalgic. <laughs> along. And now Isla's 11 months old and she's, I can't even, I won't even put screen time on while I work. It's, she naps for an hour and a half, twice a day, roughly. And the, the amount of shit you can get done Agreed. in that time. I was like, how did it used to take me all day to get that work done? And now I can do it in these designated blocks. If you had to describe yourself in three words, what would they be? <gasps> Just three words. Uh, bold. I feel like that's an umbrella for so many other words as well. Um, extremely honest or transparent and a little bit crazy. Bold, honest, crazy. Are they your three? Sticking with it? <laughs> what, do you, what do you love most about the work you do? When my clients send me a message and they're just like, oh, my God, Kim, I've just saved my family this X amount of dollars for the year. I thought we were going to be stressing for so long. So just getting those messages from my clients where they learning how to manage their money better and they're saving themselves money, but also the other side where I help women with the, I call it the childhood trauma, but it's all the the shit that we experienced growing up that created those negative money beliefs mm-hmm. and those sabotaging money beliefs. And when I help them break through that and recode it in their mind and they have this like overwhelming appreciation for their parents and seeing a completely different shift. And it's like this lightness. I can feel in the messages or the voice messages, this lightness leave their body. So I love that the most. And there's also the selfish side. I love the fact that I get to work for myself. Mm. Like I get to do what I want to do. I get to make my own rules. And it's just so freeing. I think the key, the core word is the freedom that comes with it. The freedom Mm. I help women create energetically and physically and the same for me. I obviously want to, you know, I want to dive into money with a money expert. (laughs) So you touched a little bit on those money stories, those money beliefs. There's a lot in our society, in Western society around money. What comes to mind is sayings like money doesn't grow on trees. Money doesn't buy you happiness. Money is the root of all evil. What would you say about this? (sighs) These are just stories and beliefs that we've been handed down from our parents and the parents before. It's this lineage, this generational lineage of the hand-me-down scarcity mindset. And I think it's really rife in society because as as a mass, as a mass group of people, there is a lot of scarcity. Mm. There is a lot of lack. There is a lot of fear and worry and whatnot. And the thing is, we hear these stories and they feel so like normal to us is because our parents, 
I can only talk about our parents and it's the generations beyond and beyond. Mm. You know, we hear it growing up. So we think it's normal um, ourselves to operate from it. They're just money stories. They're just beliefs that come from a lack energy. They come from a scarcity mindset. And I think it's about becoming really conscious of it. So if you feel like it's coming up for you a lot, like get really aware, get really Mm. aware of it. It's not the real truth. It's about challenging it as well, isn't it? Like I yeah. I was literally like just in preparation to speak to you. I was literally Googling like money sayings. <laughs> and it's such a load of nonsense. People are greedy. We can't afford it. Mm. What are, You've got to work really hard. If you want mm. money, go really hard. They were few of mine. But money definitely- went- when you went by your happiness is my favorite. Like I completely agree. I work with a mindset coach. I think it's so important. My happiest things are not money. They're not things, but I need a house. Yeah. <laughs> I need a house to live in. I My house is near a beautiful beach where some of my happiest memories are. Like I need the money to pay for that. My happiest times are with my family. My family live in the UK. I've got to pay for money to get on a flight. Yeah. It doesn't buy you happiness, but it does buy you freedom. It buys you freedom. And the thing is, we live our most happiest lives when we're living in accordance with our top three to five values. Mm. Mine is family, travel, and exploring, right? So exploring, there's only so much in nature I can do. But if I want to even want to drive somewhere, you know, that's a car, that's fuel. If I travel, speaks for itself. Mm. And even family, if I want to spend time with family, and I'm caught up in a nine to five as an employee. Well, it's not even nine to five anymore. It's like mm. seven to seven. I will struggle to spend time with my family and do the things that I love. So money does allow us, it, it gives us the choices. And the more we have, the more choices we can make. I truly believe that these money stories that we've heard, it's it's the lineage of people trying to keep us safe. Like our parents, my mum would only say these things. I do the work on it and not come from the victim of hearing them. What was really going on for her? She, you know, was freshly divorced. It was a painful divorce. Mm. She was a single mum with, I have half sisters who are 10 years, 13 years older than me. So she had babies really young. So Mm. she could never finish her studies and all of these things. So she could only get jobs with minimum wage. So if I look back, she was just trying to keep me and my brother safe. Yeah. Trying to be like, like money won't buy you happiness. So don't chase the money because I can't give you lots of money. So be happy mm. now. Or money doesn't grow on trees. I want you to know that like you don't feel like there's not enough. Like I want you to know it doesn't seem like there's not enough around because this is all that I can give you, if that makes sense. It makes so much sense. And it's beautiful. Love what you touched on before. You know, when you speak to women, you unlock these more money stories you get this appreciation for your parents because like you don't get rule book as a parent, right? Like your parents are just doing their best with the tools they've been given. Yeah, 100%, 100%. The Hiring Advantage podcast, primarily the audience is small business owners. So what common blockers do you see when it comes to money in that female small business community? It really comes down to your feelings of self-worthiness. And I actually love how I heard Steph Gordon say this and she said, you're born worthy. You're not, no one's more worthy than each other. I'm like, I really loved how she put it because my biggest journey was building my self-worth. So, and I came from thinking I was, I never had any when I was born, but it's our, it's our ability to believe that we are worth whatever it is with your business, whatever it is that you want to receive and attract in and, and whatnot. And it's because first of all, we're women and things are getting better, but we're still in an age where the man is, is the powerhouse in business. There's still that dominating masculine energy. And a lot of us females in business have a strong masculine energy. So us women are still working our way into a man's world. I do believe women are way more dominant now than mm. say 10 years ago. But it, it's still it's still that, like, we're the generation still. We still grow up with men run the show. 
men are the powerhouses, women get paid less, all of that jazz. I still grew up with the you become a stay-at-home mum and you live in the white picket fence. Mm. So us women in business, our biggest challenge, I feel, when it comes to money is we've grown up, first of all, hearing a lot of this scarcity mindset and having this scarcity mentality. And that creates a lot of ambition and drive, especially as we, you know, adolescents become in our early 20s, even stepping into our 30s, we're like, no, we don't want to live the way, like say our parents did. We don't want to feel trapped. No, we want to make success on our own. That's why I've always been ambitious. Mm. But then what happens is we've developed all of these beliefs as a child. For example, money doesn't grow on trees. You're working in a man's world. You've got to work really, really hard to earn money or all of those things. So they become our beliefs. But the minute that we decide, and it's usually, as I said, in our 20s, late 20s, when, or I say that because a lot of the women I work with is, is around mm. that. And we're like, no, nah, we're going to do this for ourselves. We're going to start our own business. Now, all those beliefs that we grew up with have now become limiting because what we desire and what we want to create and our business is our vehicle to get that, that doesn't fit the beliefs we learned growing up. Mm. So it's overcoming those limiting beliefs. It's making, it's removing them and releasing them so we can actually get to where we want to be use our business to take us to where we want to be and the impact we want to make and the life we want to create. And I wanted to say with that too, at the end of the day, all of us who have these beliefs that are starting to limit us or we feel like it's getting in our way, it all really comes down to that one inner dominating thought of I'm not good enough, I'm not worthy. Hiring Advantage recently supported a small business based in Perth called Essential Health and Disability Services to hire over two months, eight key support workers and an operations manager. This is what Nimmo, the founder, had to say. Wow, what an amazing service you have created, Chrissy. You and Sophia have been an absolute godsend to me and my small business. You've helped me remove the complete overwhelm of hiring. And with your guidance, I've been able to hire great people to serve our amazing clients. Your hiring interview guide is a must and will help me for years to come. Thank you, thank you to you and Sophia. You can check out all of the five-star reviews on Google under Hiring Advantage. And if you want amazing results like Nimo, don't forget to book in your hiring strategy call with me. Would absolutely love to support you and get hiring results for your small business. Mm, so interesting. You know, there's so much that you touched on that. I think I grew up with my mom was she stayed at home until I was four and then she ran uh she ran a business at home so she ran like a I think in Australia you call it like home daycare and she did that and I but I always just thought of her as my mom who was there my mom's like my mom is like super nanny have you ever seen that show super nanny that's my mom and she's so different to me like I love my mom so I had like I think almost the opposite thing where the, the women I aspire to be were like absolutely Miranda, Samantha and Sex in the City. I was like, I want to be a freaking boss. Like I want to walk around with my Starbucks. I want to wear a suit. I want to hustle. Like I leaned into that masculine energy. I worked in financial services, but where it hit me is like when I became a mother, I felt like I didn't fit because I, my mom is on such a pedestal because she was fantastic and she was there. And to your point that you said earlier, like that's, it's not me. Like I'm, I need the, I need both. Like I need the working energy, the passion, the drive, the determination of working, being in that energy. I love my kids. I want to be their mom. But also I feel like my blockers, my mindset stuff came up around that motherhood journey. Yeah. Like almost completely on the flip side. Well, 
I think at the end of the day, our parents will always be on a pedestal for us deep down, like subconsciously, they're our king and queens. But things can happen along the way where we feel like they're doing harm to us or we think like they don't love us. Daddy doesn't love me. Mummy doesn't mm-hmm. love me. And then we can either be on the trajectory of I want to be, this is how it can affect us. It's our parents were so amazing. I could never be like that. So we self-sabotage or mm-hmm. I want to be nothing like my parents. And you go the complete opposite, but that can potentially sabotage you as well. Your, does that make mm, sense? It makes total sense. And it's just so interesting how it comes up. And it took me so long to to realize that, particularly with the motherhood thing. Like, I love my mom. Like, my mom, I'm very lucky. She's like my best mate. We chat all the time. But when I became a mom, I was like, I'll never be as good a mum as you. I'm so different to you. And it was hard. I had to do a lot of work on it. I can totally, totally see how those childhood issues come up. Look, as a part of being a leader in hiring and recruitment, you are going to have to talk about money. So you're going to be employing people, hiring them. You're going to have to talk about rates and salaries with potential employees. It can be a struggle, particularly if it's the first time you're doing it. What are your thoughts and comments on this? Well, again, we've grown up in a society where there has been a lot of emotion created around money. But the secret is to remove all emotion around money. Money is just energy. It's just energy that shows up in numeric form. It's not even fully tangible anymore because we don't, it's not all just cash. It's just numbers on the screen. So it's about removing the emotion around money. So you have to take that step back. There's no way else to manage. Just think of it this way or get over it or just be bold and courageous and have the conversation. It's how can I actually remove the emotion around money? So when I'm talking about it, there's nothing like this cloud around it that Mm. makes it so taboo. We create the taboo on money based Mm. on our relationship with money, based on our thoughts and feelings about money, which has stemmed from where we first learned about money, which is usually our childhood. So can you see how we put meaning on things? Mm. So if you want to talk about money, like you have to, this is my favorite saying, this is my saying actually, <laughs> you have to have a vision bigger than your bullshit. If you have an issue talking about money, that's your bullshit. If you have a vision of your business where the only way I can make the biggest impact and hit my goals is I need to hire people, I need to pay wages or whatever it is. If that vision is big enough, you're going to be able to have the conversation because yes. your vision is bigger than your bullshit. But if your vision is not bigger than your bullshit, you're going to get caught up in that that immediate transaction of conversation around mm. money. You're going to get in your own way. So why are you so emotional around money? Why is it bringing up for you? Why? What's this meaning you're creating? Why is it creating this emotion? How can we remove it? Yeah, I love that. And it's bigger than you. Right? If you have this incredible vision and purpose, your business is going to help people. It's going to help other women thrive is going to help them achieve their goals it's not actually about you and your conversation and your awkwardness around the conversation it's bigger than that yeah and I do say I I do realize it could sound quite blunt you know like heartless but if you're taking what I'm saying with this like oh my god Kim's such a bitch or she's been so heartless you've just take it put meaning on what I've said and you put emotion around it like Mm. remove emotion around money it is it's just money it's just a way for you to create something it's just money is a vehicle just like your business is a vehicle. It's that money being energy, right? I've had a team, I've, I've got team members working for me. And when you're talking to someone about the position that you've created, what your business is about, you're talking to them about whether they're a potential match for your business. Oh. Money is one part of it. You're also talking to them about, I'm going to give you this. It's an exchange. Like you're going to come yeah. into my world. You're going to spend time doing this. I'm going to give you money in exchange for this. But it's not, I really don't believe people are driven to roles, careers, starting businesses just because of money for me it's always money and time right it's you're it's an exchange of money 
but I'm creating opportunities and someone's going to get to spend their time in this way. And what I've seen in business and what I see with my clients, what I see with my own business is it's more about creating beautiful opportunities for people that are going to fulfill that need. And that's time freedom. It's flexibility. It's about autonomy in their role. So like, here's a problem to achieve, but you go do it how you want. Here's some tools, here's some frameworks. Like I could get super, super passionate about this. But yes, you have to have that conversation about money. It's important. No one's going to go and work for you for free. It's in there, but it's a part of a holistic conversation. Yeah, exactly. So let's say we hire teams, we could become people leaders. What that inevitably does for people leaders, if you are going down that pathway, you are maybe creating an agency, growing a team around you, that can shift our purpose as business owners, as leaders you're not necessarily trading your time for money anymore. And that can bring up a lot. What have you seen when working with your clients? I can relate to this so much with myself as well is because we feel like we want to own a business. We want to put the hard yards in, which is usually stem from a childhood belief around you have to work really hard. Uh, If I want to be worthy of that money I'm receiving, I have to work for it. I have to put the blood, sweat and tears in. But the thing is, what is the ultimate vision? We want a business where we start a business for time freedom. Right? We want to work on our own terms, have live by our own rules, make our own choices, all of that. And ultimately, it's to have time to go do the things that you love so you don't feel like you're tied down to your business. And it can become really uncomfortable when we get to that point because we're so used to, I have to put the blood, sweat, and tears in. I mm-hmm. have to trade the time. It's all the perception. It's all how you look at it. Like I'm growing a business because my vision is to live a life in complete freedom. But that means I get to give people opportunity mm. to work for me. The thing is, it's not like I'm hiring slaves. Like it's <laughs> not that mentality. If, you, if you're worried about bringing in people to work for you because you feel like you should be doing it, you're just looking at it completely wrong. Mm-hmm. And you're always going to be so tied into your business that, you know, you should always have an exit plan for your business, an exit strategy, right? There should There's a reason why you're doing this and and if I want to work in my business like I love coaching I love speaking but there's all that other niggly stuff that Mm. doesn't light me up or doesn't turn me on like I like writing emails but don't like fucking scheduling them but (laughs) those things but what if there's someone out there who just fucking loves that they absolutely love the tech they love the automation they love creating systems I'm giving someone an opportunity to do that work and like to me I think that's so incredible it's just Mm. how you look at it and that and that is being a leader. Leader is leading your own life and it, how you choose to see things and yes. shift perspective. And the thing is, not everyone wants to be a business owner. No, isn't that so, you just hit the nail on the head there. Is that an assumption that we all think everyone's just like us? And it's yeah. not true. Like people take different roles. I have incredible people who work for me, but they've, I've got one lady who works for me who's been a business owner. She's done it. Like she's lived that life and she's at a stage in her life now where her kids are teenagers and she loves working in recruitment. She absolutely needs that outlet, but she wants to do X amount of hours, give it her all, and then she's done. And then she's got all this stuff going on in her life. (laughs) And that's the phase of life she's in. And she's so perfect to work with me because I've got little kids, but I basically, you know, put my energy into my business and scaling to give us a life that we want. And then I have someone else who works for me and she works for me and works for someone else because she loves diversity. It's really, it's it's thinking about when you create roles, when you create positions, it's thinking about what do you need to achieve from those roles, but don't fix 
an absolute person or type of person. You don't know what that person's going to look like who's going to come in. You need to understand what their drivers are to see if there's alignment. The worst thing you can do is think everyone's just like you and even worse, hire people who are just like you. You don't want to hire people just like you. (laughs) And that's the thing. Like I am someone who wants to have a huge impact. It's literally part of my design. It's it's who I am. I'm that person who can think business 24-7. But the thing is when I switch off, I'm on a holiday. I'm literally booked a week in Bali or I'm either fully off or I'm fully on. When my husband, he's fucking, I'll, I'll, he inspires me. I don't know how he does it, but he he works for himself as a sole trader. He's a carpenter. Um, he doesn't want to hire anyone. He's like, I go to work, I do my job, I go do a job that day. I come home, switch off. He can go from one to another. And I'm I don't want to just sit and chill because I've got these goals. Like I'm so passionate about these goals that I'm creating. But then I know I need time so I don't burn out. Mm-hmm. I book the time. I'm like, this weekend we're going away. So some people love that on off throughout the day where I'm either on or I'm either off. And that works for me. So actually, I think a really good question when it comes around hiring is, and I know you would teach this 100%, (laughs) really getting to know what your potential employees or contractors, what it is that they want out of it, why they're doing what they're doing. So you can make sure they're loving working for you. Like you're giving them an opportunity. You're not chaining them up to a a job. Oh my goodness. I can talk about this all day. So I think yeah. it's, uh, like I said, it's, you you need, when you're design and you should be designing roles, not just like flinging job adverts together. You should be designing roles as a part of your wider business strategy and your wider hiring strategy. So I could, there's many a podcast episode on this, <laughs> but essentially you're creating a position. Now it's really important that you create a position and you don't just find individuals and make positions work to you. Because if you're really passionate about growing an empire, that's going to fall by the wayside at some point. It's very common early on though. I truly believe you need to hire someone. And if you look at a job description, you're going to have like maybe somewhere between 60 and 80% of that that's kind of static where you need certain outcomes from that individual. However, I always build a buffer into those job descriptions where it can be tweaked to hit the heartstrings of that individual. Yeah. Because the work that they get in that 20 40 percent whatever buffer it is that is where the magic happens so there's certain things that you hire someone to do because you need them done but there's certain and this is where that autonomy into roles comes if you give them that buffer and say okay like what what do you think about my business what do you think can be improved what are you really passionate about like what gets you out of bed what gets you super fired up bring that to me do what you want, make magic happen, spend that portion of your time doing what lights you up and guaranteed you always get amazing results. Yeah. And that's what I think, especially when it comes down to money, because we have money goals in our business. And I can be the first to put my hand up to say, when I have hired and I've done hundred percent, I need you to do, 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 do exactly what I want and not giving them that free reign because mm-hmm. I'm like so focused on what I want. And then I've be- I've made their job redundant because if they're not stepping to the plate because they're starting to feel like they can't express themselves, mm. I've made their job redundant, meaning I feel like I can do it better. So that's take- costing me time, mm. costing me money, and then I feel like I'm going backwards, forwards, backwards and forwards. So oh, everything that you're saying is if when it comes to hiring and you're allowing people's like zone of genius and their personality to come through, it's going to make you more money in the yeah, long run. Absolutely. At the end of the day, 
your, the highest priority in a business is making money purely because if you don't make money in your business, you don't have a business. Mm. Well, I shouldn't say making money, turning a profit. If yes. you're not turning a profit, you have a hobby. Like, well, you can yeah. say it any other way, but that's how I look at it. You want to turn a profit. Otherwise, you're slaving. You feel like you're slaving away. You feel like you're doing all the things and then you'll hit a point and you're just like, what's the point of this? Why mm. am I doing this? And then if the money's not there, or even if the money is there, but it's constantly paying for all the expenses and whatnot, <sighs> You're just going to dig yeah. yourself a hole. It's, not, it's just not sustainable. <laughs> yeah. In one sentence, what would be your biggest piece of advice for those stepping up into a leadership role if they do see money blockers or negative thought patterns coming up? In one sentence. If it is to be, it's up to me. The more you lead yourself, you'll attract in everything you need to support that vision that you have. I have loved recording this episode with you, Kim. I think you've there's something very special about you that allows, well, it's allowed me to open up and share my stories as well. So. I can't only imagine how much your clients get out of working with you. I have to say, sorry to interrupt, but that <laughs> I just want I have heard that so much lately. And I just did a free money challenge and these women who I've never met before found finding me on Instagram and they just feel so safe. And I actually realized even my point of difference is I genuinely make you feel so fucking safe mm-hmm. when you want to talk about your money stuff mindset or physical dollars in the bank and I love that I can hold that space for you because money can be so scary so thank you so much for saying that yeah that welcome no, it's, so like, it's it's fun and it you know that I think that's the beauty of these guest episodes it's like that really collaborative conversation but I absolutely bring on experts in their field to share things that complement hiring I mean you know I, I can talk about hiring all day but whether anyone would want to listen to that is not it's another thing. Before we start to wrap up, a question I ask everyone, if you could hire a famous or influential person to work with you for one year, who would you hire and why? Elon Musk. Yes. <laughs> Do you know what, what inspires me about him? Because, and you know what, I probably don't know as much about him as I should, but what really made me respect the fuck out of him is when he bought Twitter and because he has that much money he literally bought Twitter which is owned by and you know I don't want to open up a can of worms here and <laughs> go down the rabbit hole but there's all the you know higher governing orders and all of this stuff especially social media we know this we know there's a governing and a censorship happening and the fact that he just bought out Twitter and he just has this power that a higher order can't even control mm. and he's so influential in that sense that I just I love his audacity, but he's not like to me. He's he's like that nerd, the nerdy guy, the engineer. I don't see he's not like the other influential people who are like loud, bold, in your face. I just love that he can kind of be like, well, I've been in my zone of genius. I've made a shit ton of money. I can literally do whatever the fuck I want and what it is. I just love that. I don't know if that makes sense to you, but the fact mm-hmm. that he bought out Twitter so. Who was it that was banned from Twitter? I don't want to ruffle feathers here. I think, was it Donald Trump that was banned? Yeah, yeah probably. He just shared controversial <laughs> stuff, right? And then he unbanned, unblocked Donald Trump on there because he's like, everyone can have their their space. I, I love that. I don't mm. know how that would um, work in my business. And he's obviously extremely smart with business. So <laughs> ticks all those boxes. But there's something about him that I love. He's, he's like this silent audacity, I feel. Well, and if we're talking about money, he's the richest man in the world oh. by far. Yeah, well, there you go. And there's that too. <laughs> I looked at him. I was just reading about him on the Forbes Rich list. He's number one and he's like by a high margin. Yeah. What yeah. is going though is you have to scroll pretty far down the list to find a woman on there. Yeah. But look, we're still we're still in a transition this time in our life. We're still in a transition mm. of men earning more, being more in the spotlight, having that power. But it's coming. <laughs> you know, they didn't, and how's this? They didn't call it father nature. 
That's true. There's a reason it's called Mother Nature and we are slowly, and maybe it's not in our entire lifetime where women will, you know, be the, what's the word, be more than. Yeah, where we're all come full circle. Yeah, it will, but maybe in our children and our children's children. And I do, and I'm not trying to be a feminist or anything like that, but it makes sense. Us, We, we literally birth life, like through <laughs> our legs. You know, we we are the creators and men have been, and I love men, that they, they're the protectors and the providers energetically, right? And they've been running the show for a long time and now us women, we're coming back up. We've been, our energy's been suppressed over centuries and now it's starting to come back up. So I think soon, I don't know how soon, but more women will be on that list. Mm, it's coming. It's coming. it's coming. I've loved having you on the podcast, Kim. Closing out, thank you. How can my audience connect with you, work with you? Tell us. Ooh. Instagram is your easiest form to connect with me. So you can find my Instagram. I'm sure you're going to put it in the show notes. But yes, it's Kim Ken <laughs> underscore underscore. And I will say this. I don't know when this is coming out, but I have no idea. Like, you know how everyone goes, there's these accounts imitating people. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are having it. Just watch out. Mine is definitely Kim Ken two underscores you can reach out slide into my dms what i have on offer i have my signature um, money program it's called wealthiest fuck love yes. it <laughs> <laughs> um, all the information is in the link in my bio or i have a website www.kimkent.com.au and you can reach out to me there thanks again kim thank you so much thank you for listening to this episode of the hiring advantage podcast If you have any questions or love the show, head over to at Hiring Advantage on Instagram and let me know. If you learned something today, it would mean the absolute world to me if you left a review or shared this with someone else that you think would benefit from this knowledge. Until next time, happy hiring queens.